All right, we're gonna start here. Um, I haven't done used this in a while for class, but uh, so I'm gonna sit here and turn around quite a few times. Um, to uh, as an introduction to the Holy Spirit specific work, there is uh, another thing we want to clarify, and this is what a lot of people refer to as the uh, measures of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so uh, we're gonna. Talk about three topics. I don't know if that's visible or not, uh, but we're going to talk about the gifts, the gift, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we're going to run through a lot of scriptures. We usually have just about time for nine, and I have about thirteen to get through. So we're gonna we're gonna try to um, be a little bit more concise, a little bit, um, but um, uh, not. All of the Holy Spirit's work is done through these three mechanisms, but it, it is an important place to begin um, in terms of um, uh, figuring out the Holy Spirit's work. We should clarify, God is not forced to do things in one way, right? Uh, it, he often changes how he does a thing and still fulfills the thing he's doing, like, uh, take Israel. He says, well, not all who is Israel is Israel. Right? So um, I've, I've decided to call Israel and define it a different way. So um, Christ is a king, but Christ is, Christ is not a king the way a lot of people wanted Christ to be a king. Um, so, so the Holy Spirit is no different than Christ. Or the, or, or, or the Father, he can do things the way he wants. So, so we're going to talk, and we're going to begin, and we're going, what we're going to do is, I've just made kind of a chart, and what we're going to do is look at several topics, and we're going to look at them across the board, and how the Bible addresses these different things under the context of, of, of each topic. So, so these are... Uh, the different topics we're going to look at. We're not going to be able to take them all in order because uh, to try to, I tried to find texts that kind of have more of the information contained in one so that we flip less. Uh, so we're going to begin, we had think we'd begin, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Katie, do you want to read Acts chapter 2? Uh, actually, back up, let's read the whole Con, not the whole context, but verse 37 through 39. Acts 2, 37 through 39. And when they heard this, they were crushed to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Okay. So let's begin with the number. Um, this one we do begin with the beginning here. What is the number? Right? We, we talk about, in, in grammar, we talk about uh, uh, gender. We talk about number. What is it? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Or the number of yes. recipients. No. What? I thought I heard it. 
One, it's singular. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's significant because what does that signify about the gift? What is the gift? The Holy Spirit is the gift, right? That is significant because we're going to contrast this, right? There's not many Holy Spirits. When we, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's going to differentiate, right, in, in terms of person. The, the details of these things are, are significant. So the number is singular. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the reception. How is it received? Okay, so this is the mode. This is the mode through which it comes. But to, to look at this a little bit even more broad, to, 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 to see how, how he comes. Because water doesn't, I get in, I, did, I, get, I take a bath, I go swimming, I don't get the Holy Spirit. Right? I, I, that's not a thing. How did he come? Okay, in the name of Christ. Obedience to. Obedience to. A lot of things can, can be done and not make the Holy Spirit come. It is God that gave me the Holy Spirit. As a result of doing those things, nothing about repentance requires that God give me the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> nothing about confessing, nothing about being good, nothing about any of that makes or forces God's hands. Well, he was, he was baptized. I guess i got to give him the Holy Spirit. Right? If I had come up with this plan on my own, I would not have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit simply because God gave it. It's a gift. Right? And it comes directly. It comes directly from God. There, there's no intermediary. They, they're they're there, they're baptized, and God says, here, this is a gift. We will see that this contrasts with, with some of the others. What is the timing of it? What is the timing of this gift? Be very specific. What? The, the timing of it. What is the timing? It's, it's in baptism. And I, I want to draw that distinction. It's in baptism. I don't know where. I don't know if it's when I went down. I, I don't know if it's like God says, okay, I'm going to split the time. I, I don't know. There's too many things that I don't know. I don't know if it's the moment I come out, like the first air comes out. I, I don't know all that. Not important for me to know that. I know it's in baptism. I know that Romans, we, we turn to Romans, say, you rise to walk in the newness of life. Like all the, all the inferences and all the, all the different references to, to baptism show that it's in this moment somewhere. It, it's not disconnected. It, it's not before. I don't, I don't get the Holy Spirit and then decide that baptism would be a good thing to do later. There, there are religions that teach that within Christianity. It's in baptism. Or at baptism, if we want to say that. 
it's connected to that event. Again, we want to qualify this. It's not the baptism that makes it happen. It's God that makes it happen. That's important. It is a true gift. Yes, yes. But God defines how he gives the gift. I don't. God said, this is how I give gifts. He has that right. Um, let's look at the offer. I'm going to skip one here for a second. What are the terms of the offer? What's that? Okay, I guess that, that, that's a personal requirement. But just generally looking at the offer, God makes an offer. How would you describe it? Okay. Again, we're, that's coming back to my side of the offer. I'm looking at his side of the offer. Everyone. Okay. Um, there's kind of two that are similar here. He makes it an open promise. But it is, in saying that, we have to understand that it is a promise. It's a guarantee. In fact, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the guarantee. He is the guarantee of our salvation. There is no qualms with this, this gift. Now, again, this does not mean that I earn it, but, but this speaks to God's um, his immutability. We talked about that. But he is a guarantee. He is a promise. Now we talk to distribution, and, and this kind of goes along with the, the same, a similar idea. It's just like a slightly different aspect. How is it distributed? You pointed this out? To everyone. To everyone. It, is, it is universal. He says that two, two ways. How, how does he describe this universal gift? Okay, so there's two ways he describes this universality of distribution. He says to you and your children. So he's he's speaking through time. It's universal through time. It's a never-ending gift. But he says to also to all who are far off. So he now speaks this way. He he speaks linear, like like it's, it's... to the Gentiles, right? He, he's telling them, you guys aren't the only one who are getting this thing. This is a gift, and when I give gifts universally, I give gifts universally. And, and so he, he gives this, this, this three-dimensional gift. It's for everybody, and it's for all time. I guess that'd be two dimensions. But, uh, so it is a universal gift no one gives gifts like God. I want to turn to another passage here as we talk about, and, and still talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And Becky, do you want to read that? And we're just going to talk about one item under this passage. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received 
you are not your own. That, that? Um, that's a right verse, and I'm not thinking I'm classified it incorrectly here. Okay, no, I, I get where I was going. Um, I want to talk about duration and and how long do we get it for? How long is this duration for? This gift. It's permanent. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. That's a present continuous action. It's not... Um, it's a permanent thing I've been given. I'm, now, I can, I, can, I can be rid of it, right? I, I can determine that I don't want it by my actions, by rejection of God. I can say, here, God, I don't want your gift anymore. I'm no, I'm no longer content with it. God's like, I'll take it back. <laughs> um, but, but so long as I don't violate the, the arrangement that God has made, then, then it is a permanent thing. He dwells in me. Now, that's a different idea for, for the Jew uh, in the discussion of the temple. To them, God came down, and he kind of lived there until they sinned, and then he left, and then they, like, like the, the glory has departed. And all, like You hear these phrases. They, they, they were used to kind of a precarious position with God's presence. And, and, and that's not... The promise that we have with the Holy Spirit in our temple. He says, he says, the Spirit dwells in you. You are a temple. You get up in the morning, you are a temple. You go to bed at night, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He is given to you. It is a superior gift. Uh, John chapter 3. Okay, do you want to read John chapter 3, verse 4 and 8? We're going to talk about the visibility of this gift. John chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 4 through 8. So, so here he's talking, he's connecting the spirit with the new birth, the new creation. So we're, we're, he's, he's referencing the same thing that we're talking about, the gift of the spirit uh, and being born of the spirit, the, the, the connection to salvation specifically. What is its visibility? How does he describe its visibility? Yeah, you don't see it. It doesn't come. It, it it doesn't come in a in a way that that I, I I I get up out of the water and 
to a neutral observer, he wouldn't notice a change other than the fact that I'm wet. God says, oh, there's a difference. I see the difference. And in time, you'll see a difference. All right? Just like he's saying here, you'll, you'll see effects of it. You'll see a change in your life. You'll see all these different things that come with it, but they will be observed secondarily. They will not be observed primarily. You will not know. Except that God said, this is a promise and I'm making it so you can trust it. When I give a gift, you can trust it, that, that this has happened. Um, Romans chapter 8 is the last one we're going to look at as we talk about the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to move on to the next discussion. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And Winetta, could you read that? This is an important distinction. We've already covered it, but I just want to emphasize the location of the Spirit. Where is the Spirit pictured? In. This is an important word, and I want you to pay attention to this word, in. Because it will contrast with other discussions. He is in us. My body is a temple of the Spirit. He is in me. I, I don't see it. I Sometimes I'm going to tell you I don't feel it. There are days where I don't feel the presence of the Spirit. It's not important that I can know it or feel it. Uh, it's Or that I can observe it or feel it. It's important that I know it. It's important that I trust God uh, when my emotions don't necessarily keep time. So we're going to talk then about... Next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, do you want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 through 31? This is a section out of three chapters on the, on the topic, so we're not going to read three chapters. <laughs> so. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28 to 31. So let's begin with the number. What is the number? Plural. It's plural. All right. 
So as we said, the Holy Spirit's not many Holy Spirits. So he's now talking, there's a distinction now. The first one was a reference to the fact that the Holy Spirit was given. This is going to be a completely different <laughs> reference. This is a reference to the things that the Holy Spirit gives. Right? And this is only one of the things that, this is only one category of things that Holy Spirit gives. What else does the Holy Spirit give? That's not even within the topic of knowledge. knowledge. Okay, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, right? So there's lots of different categories. I'd said the Holy Spirit operates in so many different ways. We're going to look at one specific category of things that, that we're talking about here. Um, so it's number... Um, so I want to talk about its visibility. How is it? How is it manifested? We're going to jump down in our category. How is it manifested? How is it observed? Let's read the list again. How do you observe it? The gifts. What were they? Okay, do you see those things? <laughs> you, you, uh, if you're standing there and you, you see a dead person come out of the grave, you observe that. We don't, we don't, I don't trust. We don't, no one has to make an argument for whether I have it or not. Sometimes I don't feel it or whatever, but you see that. It is... It's much different from, from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It is visible. It, it, it comes with all these different things. Signs, wonders, miracles. Someone speaking a foreign language they never study. Someone giving a message of something that they, they never went to school to say. A sermon that they never prepared that they have and speak flawlessly. I mean, like, like the, the things that brought people who never had heard it before and, and said, oh my goodness, this is amazing. That's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically here, as, as 1 Corinthians talks about them. Um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. David, you want to read that? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Also, we escaped if we ignore so great a salvation. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed. Was by those who heard him. God also testifies to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Okay, so let's. I love the fact it's even in there. The word's in there, so let's talk about distribution. How does the Holy Spirit distribute this? Hmm. That's important. What does that mean? It's not up to us. What's that? It's not up to 
Okay, well, no gift has ever been up to me. If I, no gift that you get is up to you, or it's not really a gift. I mean, sometimes they'll say, what do you want for, what do you want for your birthday? It's like, well, this is not really a gift. Just tell me what, just get me something. I'll tell you I'll, if I want something like that, I'll go out and buy it. What's that? Okay. It's yeah, it's both of those are true. It is limited. Right? It, it, it's it's not it's not this universal promise. The Holy Spirit distributes it according to his will, according to his plan, according to as he sees fit. That's not the same thing as the gift of the Holy Spirit. God said, listen, this, this is a universal promise to you, your children, everybody, boom, same. I don't care if you're a Gentile. I don't care if you're a Jew. You're not going to have more. You're not going to have less. It's your body as a temple, period. Open promise, end of story. Mmm, this one's different. This is, this is, this is going to be a little bit, we'll say limited. Now, there's a lot of, people getting stuff, or at least in the time frame, and we'd go deeper into that. But it is selective. Um, where did I go here? Ah, Acts chapter 8. Let's go back to Acts chapter 8. Bonnie, if you want to read Acts 8, verse 14 through 16. Two points to make here. Let's talk about, first of all, how the gifts are received. And as we went through this, we would see that that's the reference here. That's the ability to do miracles and stuff like that. How is it received? In this particular instance, the apostles put their hands on them. Okay. We would look at numerous illustrations throughout the New Testament and find that universally that is the description. Paul gave gifts to Timothy. He said, don't, don't neglect the gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Um, it, it came, Philip, not an apostle, preached a gospel to them not the Philip that it was an apostle. It was a different Philip. <clears throat> but he could not give the gifts. It was something given to the apostle. In fact, find Simon wanting to do the Simon the sorcerer. Like, sorry, you don't have any part in this matter. It's not yours. Couldn't give that to you if we wanted to. God gave the apostles this ability. So. Um, so it comes indirectly through the apostles. It's not a thing that they were baptized and got. It's a thing that they were baptized and, and they had to be given it indirectly. God used an agent 
the, it still is the Holy Spirit's gift. He just used an intermediary to give it to them. Which then leads us to the timing of it. Where is the timing of it? Okay, that, that's, that's the method. What is the timing? No. Okay, so so the timing of this, <clears throat> what's the order of events here in Acts 8? It's the first thing we see happen. Yeah, the apostles heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. Okay, so... They had been scattered from Jerusalem. Okay. What happened right after that? If we back up in the story. They were baptized. They, were baptized. And they had to send a messenger back to Jerusalem. Apostles had to come. So I don't know. We're talking weeks. But it is after baptism. And this is why I differentiated. It, it's not just at the end of baptism. Or it, There's a difference. I, I want to be clear about the phraseology after. Meaning separate from. They weren't. There was time there was in between. They did not have to be rebaptized. That's correct also. In order to get this. Right. Yes, this, is, this doesn't come through baptism. This came through the apostles' hands. This is not the indwelling gift. And we're going to see that in the very next chapter. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. <clears throat> Sheila, you want to read Acts 19, 6? Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Where was it? It's an important word. It's placed in Paul's hands. Okay, so Paul has ability. Where is the Holy Spirit located? On them. On. Distinction between those. It is not a gift in you. It's a gift on you. Those are different. And I think we're, when we take the... It's not, a, it's not a salvation issue. It's not a life issue. It's an effect issue. They're doing different functions. All important. Mark chapter 16, 15, and 16. Ray, do you want to read that? Mark 16, 15, and 16. Sixteen, fifteen, and sixteen. And they said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who baptized, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Is that, is that verse 16 also? Yeah. Okay, read the next one. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. 
Okay, and he goes on, and he describes all these miraculous gifts. Now, we've already kind of illustrated one of the points here that, that it follows after, right? There's the giving of the gifts, and then there's this thing that's going to follow after or separately. Uh, but what I want to talk about here is the offer. And I want you to notice... <clears throat> I want you to notice kind of the difference in the, the tone of voice. It's, it doesn't come out directly. It's not as clear as some of the points that, that I'm making. But the difference in promise. He, he, he talks about baptism, and he, and he makes the conditions that God makes. Like, this is how I give gifts. This is how I give this gift, this indwelling gift. This, this salvation thing, this is premised on these certain things. It doesn't earn you it, but these are... The prerequisites. That's the promise part. But he changes his tone of voice to one of observation. These things will follow. These are things that you will in that will be indicative. And so you will find that there is no promise individually that a person will get the gifts, plural, of the Holy Spirit. He even speaks of, of this as following just the group in general. No indication, just, just as, as Hebrews talked about. It, it's kind of according to his will, as he wants. Now, the church in general was going to be distinct in that it was going to be the only one performing true miracles. You, you would be able to identify back then, go, this is the group that has miracles. This is the group that doesn't. They're the pretenders or whatever. These, group, these signs will follow those who do these things, who have this gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling. But no promise was made individually that everyone would have the ability to do a miracle. <clears throat> it was a general observation. The last one, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. First Corinthians thirteen verse eight. And and Kate, you wanna read that? Okay, so what is the duration here? Okay. <laughs> it's quite temporary. These are temporary. These aren't lasting the whole time. Right. So, uh, no end. So, so we can, you can look down there and see how many things are... I mean, just about everything that I can see is a contrast. A contrast, I pronounced that incorrectly. Between, the two, between these two gift and gifts. They're both works of the Holy Spirit. And yet, there's, there's really not a category that, that looks similar. So I want to turn to one more, and uh, hoping we have time to run through this. Uh, <clears throat> a category that is confused for both things, and with good reason. Uh, we will see that as we talk about the gifts, or excuse me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there will be things that look similar to one category, and there will be things that look similar to another category, so that some people will sometimes confuse it for one, and sometimes people will confuse it for the other one. 
Well, it obviously can't be both because what we see here is that the gift of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are two completely different categories. So, so it can't be both, for sure. So I want to run through the baptism of the Holy Spirit a little bit. Um, <clears throat> the first thing I'm going to point out is we're just going to skip the first category because it doesn't really grammatically... Uh, singularity or plurality is kind of a way that we distinguish between just because the phraseology gift and gifts looks very similar, it's confusing to some people. So, so that is just a category simply to contrast those two. Uh, so, so we're going to skip over that. And I want to turn to uh, the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Travis, do you want to read that? Acts 1, 4 and 5. So let's talk about the offer. What is the nature of the offer? What's it called here? What's that? A command. Well, he, he's commanding them to wait, but with reference to the, this measure of the Spirit, what is it called? Promise. It's called a promise. Uh, so, so that looks very much like the first one. So, so already, like, well... Second one wasn't really promised. It was observed to be generally true, but, but not necessarily promised individually. This is, he makes a promise. Now, he makes this promise, and we want to distinguish here. He makes this promise to a group of 12 people. Right? Some might broaden that out to 120, and I won't. Whatever. Okay. So there was 120 people there on the day of Pentecost. Whatever. But it's, either way, it was a very limited group. But it was a promise. So it looks, it looks very much like the first category uh, let's talk then, let's go to stay in the book of Acts and Connie, if you want to read chapter 11 in verse 15 and 16 <clears throat> Okay, so, so this is now, uh, the, the, the context is Peter recounting, actually he's recounting the events of Acts chapter 10, which we're going to look at in a second. But, um, but he's recounting this event that happens at Cornelius' household. And he goes back to the verse we just read in Acts chapter 1, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to draw a parallel to what has just happened. So that they, because this has now happened and Gentiles have been involved and that's a big deal. So, so he's like, it's okay. Because it's the same thing that happened to us. So I want to talk then about the distribution. The distribution is how? Is it universal? Hmm? No. No, it doesn't come to everyone. It, it hasn't happened there. since Acts chapter 1. But he's referencing the gift in both of those passages. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is called and equated to the gift in the 
very next verse, God, if God then gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? So, you're, you, okay, so, so he, he's talking about two things. You're right. The gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out. In other words, the, the ability to receive salvation has been given to Gentiles. That's true. But the sign that accompanies it has not. If, if uh, boy, we're, we're running into time here. Um, if I was going, if I walk into a lawyer's office, let me use this illustration. If I walk into a, a lawyer's office and, and I need advice on a thing, and there's a common procedure for something, and I ask him his advice, and I don't know what to do. He says, well, there's a common procedure. This is the way this is always done. He'll point that out. This is the way this is done. Now, if it's a very difficult case, what he'll say is he'll go back, and because he's smart and I'm not, he'll point out a precedent way a long time ago that hasn't had. Well, okay, this is a really bizarre case. There's a, a precedent for something that happened a long time ago. In other words, it doesn't, it's not the common thing, right? It, it's, a, it's a thing which he's smart enough to figure out has happened before, and this is the procedure that I'll do, or this is the thing that I need to do because of this particular case. That's exactly what's happening here. There's a common gift. There's something that everybody receives. It's a universal promise. The gift, the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit is a universal promise. That's not what he's referring to. Because he says, listen, this is according to the thing that happened to us. He's not talking to everybody. This is a council of the apostles who are gathered to try to figure this thing out. It's the apostles and the elders specifically who are gathered to figure out what they're going to do in this particular case. They're going to end up sending a letter with the Apostle Paul. They're going to do a lot of things to try to sort this out. And he says, this happened to us at the beginning. And he quotes, he quotes that prophecy from Acts chapter 1, verse 4, that was only made to the Apostles. It was not made to anybody else. No, no, yes, we're going to close here. No, it was for the apostles, and then it was used one more time on Cornelius and his household. So we're going to close there. We'll come back to this um, next week.